when I say hacker, what do you think of? Do you think of people hiding in their basement and breaching people's firewalls? Or do you think of popular hackers we're you know known to have seen online, like uh, the famous hacker group Anonymous that's on YouTube? Well, regardless of what comes to mind, in this episode of the ROI Podcast, we're going to be sharing ways that you can keep your company and yourself as safe as possible to avoid being breached. Here we go. Hey everyone, we're back with another episode of the ROI Podcast presented by the Kelly School of Business here on the IUPUI campus in downtown Indianapolis. Of course, you know me, Shane Simmons, and Phil Powell's here next to me again. He, of course, Phil is the Associate Dean of Academic Programs here at the Kelly School of Business. Uh, Phil, starting a, a very interesting episode today. What, what do you think about this one? Absolutely, Shane. You know, this is fundamental to business, protecting your computer protecting your technology, protecting your data. It has to be job one. You're exactly right. And we're going to find out some of the financial costs behind that as well. But right now, if you have any information stored on your computer, the cloud, anywhere online, you are at risk of being hacked and your information being compromised. And your business and all that sensitive data they keep could be a major target for some of these people. And a lot of these attacks, Phil, they happen with businesses small, large, and in between. The average cost of a data breach for a U.S. company as of 2016 was $7 million. Um, if you're a small business in particular, uh, even if it's not quite that high, even if it's just a million, that's, that's real money, right? Uh, it's, when you, it's got a couple of small businesses, it's not uncommon just to be a few fraudulent wire transfers away, you know, from going out of business. And you know, Shane, we're hearing about these data breaches more and more and more on a daily basis. Unfortunately, there's a lot to choose from. Um, so we, we've had plenty right here in Indiana, right? So there was a big breach, some of us might recall, from Anthem. One of America's largest health insurers, Anthem, this morning confirmed a massive data breach. Reports say hackers may have stolen up to 80 million records. Pretty much all of Anthem's customers, myself, and uh, for example, my kids' information was breached in that. You love it when your one-year-old gets a data breach notification in the mail, right? You know, it, it, it's not uncommon for these big guys to fall victim. In that case, the FBI has been really involved for years now in investigating the breach and finding out what happened, kind of who done it, what the motivations were. But it's not only these big companies uh, that can be targeted. You just heard from Scott Shackelford, professor of business law and ethics at the Kelly School of Business. Scott's work on cybersecurity has been published in dozens of academic journals, and he's also had his work published in outlets such as the Huffington Post and USA Today, to name a few. Scott says it's not just the big companies hackers are going after, the real threat it's to small businesses. There was a small firm called Meridian Health in Muncie, Indiana, where they lost 1,200 of their workers' W-2 forms that were stolen and used basically to get uh, tax returns ahead of filing season this last year, right? Um, so small businesses as well are, are by no means immune from this. We've seen recently the rise of what's called ransomware, you might have heard about, which is Basically, the use of a, uh, a, specific, a specific type of cyber attack that can lock your systems and encrypt them, make it possible for you to access your data. And for example, if you're a healthcare company, 
uh, or a hospital where people's lives are at stake, you need that data now, you're going to be uh, incentivized to pay up quickly. And unfortunately, hackers know that, right? So they've a lot of uh, hospitals, for example, all around the world, uh, in, this, in this country and others, have been victim to these types of exploits, as have even police departments, right? Um, so there, there's, a, there's a huge range of cyber attacks, which is the difficulty uh, if you're sitting either in the suite, C-suite or if you're just your manager of a small business. I mean, do you worry about the Russian cyber criminals? I mean, do you worry about kind of hacktivists, these kind of like online activists who might not like the business that you're in? and want to either spread information or maybe take down your website out of spite, you know, on a given day? Um, how do you make sure that your, you know, administrators, that your staff are up to speed on how to maybe detect some of the more common or less common, you know, phishing attacks so you don't fall victim to some of these? And that's the question. How do you protect yourself? I think that's what's so overwhelming for people. They think about big companies, you know, huge companies getting breached, and there's this thought that, if they couldn't protect themselves with their massive budgets that they put into this sort of thing, how am I, as a small business owner, going to be able to do so? You know what I mean, Phil? You're right. It's very overwhelming to think about. And Scott shed some insight on that. Yeah, this, this is a common problem in the cybersecurity space. Basically, the, uh, the emphasis on offense rather than defense, right? It's a lot easier to play offense in this space. You only have to be lucky once. If you're the defender, of course, you have to defend against all of these uh, potential vulnerabilities from your flash drives um, all the way up to maybe your CEO's smartphone being turned into a microphone and he's dropping on a boardroom meeting, right? Uh, which can happen, by the way, and even when it looks off, you can actually still use a smartphone uh, as a as a microphone. Um, so there's there's a, so many levels of vulnerabilities here. It, it is easy to kind of throw your hands up in the air. For example, Jim Lewis over at the Center for Strategic and International Studies said, right now we have a faith-based approach to cybersecurity and that we pray every night nothing bad will happen. The first step is to be aware. So be aware of the vulnerabilities that you face, that you have in your company. Uh, this can take the form of, for example, doing a quick survey. How many types of devices are on your network? You can you have your IT guys, for example, see uh, how it's being populated. If you have a bring-your-own-device policy, if you allow your employees to use tablets or smartphones, are those connected to your networks? Can those be used as backdoors into your systems, right? Um, so just be aware. Be aware of the types of information going in and out. A lot of companies haven't done that. For example, Sony's breach back in 2014. One reason it was so bad and they lost so much of their intellectual property in the form of movies, in this case, was they didn't have a traffic flow analysis program on their network. So no red flags went up when hundreds and hundreds of gigabytes of information started to be copied from their systems, right? So if you have some automated red flags, that can help a lot. And there's some really simple ways to make that happen. We got to be aware, got to be organized, right? So it's really common, unfortunately, especially in small businesses where people wear different hats, to not necessarily be on the same page of who's responsible for what. Who was supposed to write that incident response plan to liaise with law enforcement? Uh, but has that been updated? Have we tested that out in the last six months? Um, is there any type of uh, you know penetration testing that's ever been done? Right? Increasingly, that kind of thing has been called for. Uh, but it's tough to pull off, especially for small businesses. So here's some actionable advice you can take and test out in your own company to prevent your systems from being breached. Well, let me give 
be a really easy one. So we've worked for a few years now uh, with the government of Australia because, you know, IU has a pretty close relationship with with them. And they've been really successful, actually, at decreasing the incidence of cyber attacks penetrating uh, the Australian government's websites. So this is a country that's a lot smaller than the U.S., 20-some million, right? But they've done three things that have had a pretty huge impact on decreasing uh, the risk kind of across their portfolio of services, right? So number one, what do they do? Automatic updating of operating systems and software, right? Basically turn on all the auto updates you can so you don't have to rely on your employees to click the I accept or remind me tomorrow button, right? Right. Number two, have a pre-approved list of software and websites that people can visit. So in other words, they created a white list of approved services that people can access. So they don't allow, for example, their employees to surf kind of wherever they want or to download whatever they want on their workstations, right? Which doesn't sound too crazy, but it can help a lot, frankly, at the end of the day. And number three, minimize the number of people who have uh, administrative control, so who can log in as an administrator. If you only have, give that access to one or two people and make sure that they really zealously protect their credentials and update them regularly, that can have a huge impact on the, uh, on the, uh, on the access that outsiders can have in penetrating your networks, right? So this stuff isn't rocket science, uh, it's just computer science, it's not that bad. Uh, and right there, that's 85%. Beyond that, I'd recommend uh, having that game plan, so have an incident response plan that has been updated, that has been communicated uh, and vetted. So ideally, that means you engage in some level of penetration testing. Uh, so either hire an outside company, uh, work with uh, work with an organization. Even we at IU are working on uh, kind of rolling out a cybersecurity clinic to help with some of this stuff, particularly for small businesses and local governments. Um, so, you know, engage some outside party to test and make sure there's no kind of big holes in your system. Again, we're talking on average about a multi-million dollar expense for small businesses when a company is hacked. So by being productive, having all your defenses up, you're putting yourself, your employees, your customers, and all the information in a much safer place. Well, Phil, one of the things Scott was talking about with us was how a lot of companies are actually notified by a third party when they've been hacked, meaning they don't even know a lot of times that their information has been breached or that they've become under a cyber attack. It's third party companies that are letting them know this. That's really insane when you think about it and kind of scary. There's a huge cost here, Shane, to not knowing what you don't know. Well, that's going to do it for this episode of the ROI Podcast. We want to send a big thank you to Scott Shackelford from the Kelly School of Business for sharing his expertise with us and really opening our eyes to this daunting subject. Don't forget, you can subscribe and download the ROI Podcast on iTunes, Google, or wherever you get your podcasts. And by the way, leave us a review on iTunes and let us know how we're doing. You said it. And we will talk to you all next week right here on the ROI Podcast.